0: Welcome to Trading Card Therapy episode number 23, and I think it's no coincidence that we are in episode 23. Many people think of Michael Jordan as the GOAT, and rightfully so. However, uh, in my own humble opinion, I believe that you are one of the GOATs of the sports memorabilia industry, and it's an honor to have you on our show today. Thank you for joining us.
1: Well, thank you. I appreciate it, and uh, you've done pretty well yourself, so I've been watching you from afar, and. It's amazing um, your view on the training car business. There's nobody breaks it down and breaks it up and breaks it every which way than you. So uh, I'm loving loving it. I'm still loving the business and very grateful. You know that to see the business evolve and see uh, people doing the right thing. It seems like there's a lot more of the right thing going on in the business now than ever, especially compared to when I first got into it.
0: Yeah. Well, speaking of which, uh, I know you've given probably. 100- if not thousands of interviews and podcast appearances and such. But if you don't mind for our audience here uh, and realize that our audience is made up of folks from Just Collect and Vintage Breaks and OTS Sports, meaning a lot of hardcore hobbyists, they may be vintage folks, they may be modern folks, they may actually be memorabilia guys, Um, but I know one thing, they respect a brilliant mind, especially in a space that they all love. And so if you don't mind, if you can give us a few minutes just about your beginnings and how you ended up you know, roughly uh, where you are in the space today? Well, I
1: mean, listen, I started uh, Steiner with $4,000 and I only say that because I know there's a lot of people out there just getting started and you'd be surprised how far things can go. And, you know, when you put your mind to it and, and, you know, obviously Steiner was a great company, uh, 30 years building that company up and millions and millions of autographs um millions and millions of signings it just it was a great run i have a different view on the business now but you know nobody started off with less than what i had i mean i was for the poorest kid in the neighborhood and i wasn't even in that rich a neighborhood
0: and, and you know i
1: always think like you know you're not poor your circumstances may suck but you're you you, you don't suck you're fine and i always thought that way like even when I had my ups and downs when I was building Steiner, because things happen. Players get traded, you know, teams, leagues, strikes. There's so many factors what makes the sports business so exciting. And I think that, you know, you got to – if you go into it knowing there's going to be some ups and downs, then when you face those ups and downs, you're prepared for it. If you think that getting in this business is going to be easy and it's just all fun and it's just all fun and games, you know, playing sports is a – you know, Playing games is a pretty serious sport. You know, the, the, yes. the sports thing is real serious. When I got in the business, people say, this sports thing, is it, it's really a business? I'm like, yeah. So, you know, I had a lot of ups and downs. You know, I had the great run with the Yankees, Notre Dame, Alabama, the Mets. I mean, I did all the team partnerships. I think that's probably the thing I'll probably remember. That and selling a lot of dirt. Um but, you know, relationship 20 year relationship with Jeter, Mariano, Eli, Peyton Manning. I mean, it was, you know, really when I go to like, when I think about the peak of it all, like back in 2004, five, when I had like 70 or 80 athletes on the contract, all, you know, tons of Hall of Famers, Ripken, Ali. I mean, it was just crazy. But I look at it now and I really think that that was a great run. I love that company, but I always wanted to disrupt it. And, and my collectible exchange now is more of a marketplace. And one of the reasons I was very gung-ho to do this, even before I left Steiner, uh, and we know how big Fanatics is and how dominant they are, but I think it's a collector's business now. I, I've really learned, I've always respected the hobby, always. No matter how big I got, I never turned my back on my hobby. I always felt There's somebody in Iowa, there's somebody in Pennsylvania that's going to tell the story, that's going to be able to articulate what's going on with this incredible collectible or trading card better than I can. And I think now that's a lot more and a lot bigger than that. I've really learned to respect the hobby because there are some great collectors out there. There are some people there that are doing this. Maybe not on the Steiner or Fanax or Panini level, but they're doing it, man. And, and their creativity, their genius is right up there. I mean, I've been really impressed with what I've seen around the country. So my platform just gives all those people an opportunity uh, to use my platform. Because a lot of them don't have the ability or the time to do the marketing and promotion. My job is to go create a platform that people that want to be in this business, that are in this business, can showcase their coolest stuff, not worrying about how to market it. And also not how to worry about marketing them. I'm big on marketing them. I'm big on marketing, you know, Joey and all the way in some small town of Massachusetts who's come up with some really cool products and some art stuff or whatever. And I kind of look at myself as kind of hopefully like the Alibaba of sports collectible. That kind of platform that gets behind its vendors, doesn't try to blow them up doesn't try to take what they're doing so i can do it and i can make all the money but just really gets behind the marketing and promotion and just gets behind all these different product plays and shows them how to get to the customers and that's my job um so i'm hopefully you know i'm halfway there it's very daunting i gotta tell you like i'm 62. obviously i've done really well and i'm very grateful very very grateful particularly for my customers and the people that have supported me all these years I I don't take it for granted. I know that there's a lot of different ways that people could have gone. They went Steiner, and now they're finding a way to collectible exchange, and we're Athlete Direct. On Athlete Direct, we're kind of helping players sell their stuff directly with some of their game use and stuff. I think we have 80 players late and pretty good. But that's really good. You know, I mean, it's daunting though when you start something from scratch. Like I forgot how hard it was. You know, I feel like I'm in my 20s. You know, you got to come up with a logo. You got to get space. You know, you got to get marketing you gotta hire people you know i mean it's
0: and it's so it's been kind of like a second evolving life. yeah yeah, no, yeah. So that's that's wonderful to hear that you know let's be honest right you know everything in life doesn't come down to dollars and cents so the fact that i you know not only when i met you in person but i can feel it even on our show today that you've literally been re-energized by something that you already had a love and a passion for but you're now effectively if i'm hearing you properly. And i spend some time on collective exchange. I know we're trying to do some business between our companies. It's very exciting. But really what you're doing, Brandon, is you're, you're enabling people. You're enabling them to, whether it be it's art, whether it be it's product, or, and I know a lot of our customers, and I want them to hear this loud and clear, um, you know, we have no formal agreement, but I believe in helping the end user, the customer. I know that Brandon wholeheartedly feels this as well. So if you're a collector out there, And you said, hey, late, you know, can you help me? You know, and I'll say commonly, Brandon, I can buy your cards. But if you have memorabilia, it's more voluminous, it's more difficult. Well, check out Brandon and his team at Collectible Exchange. I don't know exactly how it works. And we can talk about that in just a few minutes. But he's helping everyone, meaning not just an artist, not just a product designer, but someone, as he's saying, that's in the middle of, you know, Arkansas or Wyoming or California. And maybe, just maybe, that you're a niche collector of I'm making it up but first day covers. And you have a vast collection of signed first day covers, not just of sports, but of astronauts. And if, and one thing I can tell you, not just about Brandon, but myself included, we respect these niche collectors, right, who have, for example, put in 25 years. Like if they say to you, I know more about first day covers than you, you and I will not hesitate. We know, we can see it in their eyes, we can see it in their collection. Let's hear what they have to say, and you're going to work together collaborating it sounds like to bring their collection market, exactly. um and 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 that's wonderful just like with you i
1: mean i love the depth and the knowledge you have of vintage cards there's nobody probably in the country now you're one of the leaders like and rather than me trying to figure out how to maybe i can do that i'm like i'm loving the collaboration um which you think about where, where if you really have a small website you know how hard it is to drive traffic how do you
0: get oh, it's into a bigger
1: arena and but you deserve to be in the big arena. I was talking to somebody who had about 10,000 items in his store. He had a little store, 1500 square feet. He used to buy from me at Steiner and now he's bought a bunch of stuff and he's putting up stuff on my site. And I'm like, "You deserve to be in the big arena. You you're an incredible collector. you bought collections. You got stuff from Babe Ruth all the way up to today. And I mean, and the quirkiest stuff, including cards and everything else." Like You deserve to be more than just the guy in a small town has a small little store that gets that traffic. And then maybe you put some stuff on eBay. You deserve more than that. And that's my goal. I'm getting there. I'm not there yet, but I'm loving the support and and I'm loving the conversations I'm having with people. I think we have over 120,000 things on the site now. So it's growing and 80 athletes on the athlete direct. So, um, Got an auction platform, which now gives more people an opportunity to sell their stuff on a bigger platform. So it's been fun. It's been a challenge. Um, it's, you know, it's like, you know, we used to work in, it's like, I remember when I worked for Ohio Hotels, you know, there was a light bulb out. You called engineering. You know, there was a problem. You could, there was somebody for everything. Not, like not a in a small business. Then I went yeah. to go work at a Holiday Inn. The light bulbs out. Yeah, you know, there's a closet over there with light bulbs. And there's a ladder over there. And figure it out, bro. And I'm like, that that's you know. so but it's 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 kind of humbling that way. And but I've really learned so much lately on the tech aspect, you know, more hands-on, talking to customers, so I don't have all those layers and it's been really enlightening. and, and actually affiliates feel it's been a big great
0: learning experience. Yeah, I'll tell you, even though you've you've you and your team has shared with me a little bit about collectible exchange, um, you know, this is this is really the the I would say the best handle I've ever had on exactly what's going on over there, and so I would tell you I wouldn't hesitate. You know, if I have I'm making it up, I have so much stuff, and that's really what it comes down (laughs) to. We all we all have so much. Exactly. And so, like, why do I consign to REA? Why do I give something to Heritage? Yes, I'm friendly with them. Yes, I have relationships. But let's be honest, everyone needs cash flow. You need cash flow as a collector. You need cash flow as a dealer. You need cash flow as someone who's a professional baseball card treasure hunter like myself, or as an investor. There's no one that doesn't need cash flow. And so what I like what you're doing is you're really creating an interesting environment for basically anything and everything sports related. Doesn't have to just be cards. And it really doesn't have to just be straight sports memorabilia. It could be an artist who's, you know, trying to figure out how to, how to get their, their, you know, their way and get their products marketed. Um, but I believe that uh, one of the, oh, I'm sorry, I don't know if we just lost you. Well, well, wait for Brandon to come back. But, you know, one of the things I think that's great about Collectible Exchange um, and, and once again, if you have any uh, questions for them, you know, drop them a line. At CollectibleChange.com um, is the ability for collectors with, you know, vast collections of, you know, whether it be three baseball cards, six signed baseballs, you got eight jerseys. And, you know, to sell all of that yourself on eBay would be tough unless they're all worth like a thousand bucks and higher. Many auction houses would take those types of items and group them up. And so hopefully, uh, you know, by working with Brandon and, you know, folks from his team, uh, you'd know, be able to get the most you can um, you know, out of uh, you know selling your collection. Oh, great. Oh, you're back. Wonderful. Yeah, I'll just explain to people, Brandon, that um, I think just because I'm speaking from my own experience, I believe we have a lot of people in our community that have between, let's say, a dozen and 250 items that they are great. But other than putting them into Excel and saying, hey, Leighton, this is what I have for sale, it's not that easy to execute and sell them. Um, And, you know, one of the nice things also about um, your platform is I like being able to sell some things at auction. But then if you have some things, whether it be it's either illiquid, it's rare, or simply if I don't get 800 bucks, it's going to break my heart. I'm be very upset. And I know you. You're not looking to make anyone upset. So you know the fact that you have this multi-tiered um, approach, I think it's very useful for collectors, and um, it's probably something that eBay could have used for a long time. And hey, listen, maybe you've heard it here first. We'll come back to this show one day. But eBay should buy Collectible Exchange as it becomes bigger, <laughs> because really, that's that's what eBay's missing is you know these stewards, these these folks that have expertise in our field that can help add that extra marketing and that extra um, you know, TLC that's needed to get the best out of these other
1: guidance. I think that people take for granted. We've been doing this a while. But, you know, it's not as easy peasy. You know, you're somebody, your dad passed away, they left you a bunch of stuff, or you just have an overabundance of stuff. And, you know, the problem with collectors is they, God forbid, they collect one Mickey Mantle card. They gotta have a hundred. You know, you gotta have a hundred Shaq cards, you know? God forbid you yeah. got one. You know what I mean? Like, I got, like, 50, Not enough. I bought 900 Shaq rookie cards back in the 90s because I just loved them and it was a sending card. I don't know why I did it, you know, for $6. You know, I have probably yeah, you know, 100 signed Derek Gina cards because I loved Derek Gina every time I was with him. I'd ask him to sign a couple of cards. But but now what do you do with that? You can't sell all 100 at one time. So my site allows you to put up a few at a time, the price you want. Um. I think it's really needed. I feel like eBay really had a great opportunity with us, with the collectors, but, you know, there's no guidance. There's no regulation. There's, there's some, always going to be some people that come on not doing the right thing, and we're constantly trolling the sites, trying to find people that are not doing the right thing, so it enables the people that are doing the right thing to do better.
0: Well, listen, I think that's great. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you, uh, I'm remiss if I didn't for audience, and I personally would love to know as well, what is your or what is one of your top favorite, forget about how much money you made on the events or on a project, but what meant the most to you as far as in your heart or in your soul, what project or what event was uh, the most exciting or meant the most to you through the years?
1: I mean, you know, certainly, you know, back in my mantle signings, every time I was with Mickey was great and he was such a great signer. you know, so articulate, like. For a big name, he cared about how his signature went. He cared about the inscriptions. Muhammad Ali was a mind blower. You know, to spend time and have a four-year relationship with him was unbelievable. Um, You know, the team projects was a real breakthrough. Like, I always feel like value is what you can do for someone they can't do for themselves. So as I was building the business up, I was like, you know, if you really wanted to get somebody's autograph, you kind of could, but it'd be hard to go get a team to sign something.
0: So I started doing the
1: team partnerships, where I would sign a whole team up and do a reunion. I was the first to do that back in like uh, in the ninety five, ninety six with the Giants. Then I did the Yankee World Series. Then I started just doing all kinds of team reunions, and collectors love that because it's hard to go get forty guys on a football team together one weekend. And I really Shout got out on to a my roll. Then I started Shout doing to- three
0: thousand hits. I started doing
1: five thousand
0: strikeouts. You
1: know, and all that stuff.
0: I love it. I was just going to shout out to my friend, Monty, who's part of our team here. So per what you just said, Monty's been chasing down the 96 Yankees for like 20 plus years. And his wife is ready to leave him because if she does, if he does not stop his obsession, she's basically going to say, it's either the project or, you know, like something's got to give. Um, But I want to get back to Ali and Mantle for a minute, because obviously there's not many people who've had the good fortune, forget about to do business with them, but to be with them intimately. Tell us something quirky or funny. Like, I know you are saying that Mantle really cared about his signature and his descriptions. Like, tell us a little bit more about that. How do you know? Like, did he get pissed off if, you know, he was being rushed or he scribbled his name and he didn't like the way it came out? Tell us something a little bit behind the scenes.
1: Like, as far as Mantle? Or anybody yeah. in particular? Like, Mantle was oh, Mantle like... Or was Ali, that weird, what's that? Yeah,
0: Mantle or Ali, yeah.
1: Well... With Mantle, like we were signing something, and he and he and at, at a show, and and he screwed up an uh, an item, and I I mean it was incredible how bad he felt, because he didn't sign it correctly, and he was so apologetic and really said, "Can you please, would you mind if you would buy uh, another photo? Uh, I'm gonna sign. I'll, I'll even sign it better." Like he took such pride, and he was the only player to ever come to me at the end of an appearance, and say, "Brand, are you good?" Is there anything else I need to do? Did I miss anything? There's always the players looking at their clock. I got to go. Like, you good?
0: I'm like, who is this person? And, where do you uh, think that came from for Mickey? Like, like, where do you think that came from for Mickey? You know, because of everything he had been through in his career, he started to be so appreciative later. Like, what, what, do, you, what do you think? I think he was
1: appreciative. The money was starting to get really good. I, I, think he, I think he liked me, and I think he really wanted to do a good job. I think he cared about the fans. that like, He wanted to give them something that they would remember. I think he really knew how important he was. He was one of those guys, not liked, and not even loved, but beloved. You know what I mean? Like people named their dogs after him, they named streets after him. There are some players that just get to that level. Like I remember Walter Payton, the first signing I did with him, and this is before I even got in the memorabilia business. I was doing this marketing uh, stuff with Walter. I said, Walter, would you do this one signing for this collector? You know, Brandon, I don't do that, I don't do that. I don't really do that either, but so we fly to Chicago. I finally convinced him because I was relentless. And we walk in this hotel room. It's like a Holiday Inn. And I'm telling you, maybe there was room for us to walk into the room. It was packed with stuff. He's like, I'm not doing this. I'm out. I said, I'm like, I need that commission. I'm like, please. He says, I'll tell you what. If you can keep up with me, I will keep signing. You fall behind, I'm out. What's amazing is I think he signed 1,400 items that day in less than an hour, which I think is a record. I mean, I've never seen anybody. I was drenched just trying to keep up oh moving everything God. around. And, and what ended up happening is when Walter got sick several years later, you know, we did about 20,000 items when he knew he was going to die. And that was like one of the big things that put me on the map. Uh, and he really was generous. I mean, if you ever have any of that Walter Payton collection, inscriptions we did stat stuff and we did the best that i could that i knew at that time that was in 1998-99 we were putting it all together we had organized that for 18 months prior to passing so we we're just doing the best we can we're early on to the business so you know Ali was one of those weird guys because we'd be signing all of a sudden he would just stop and lay down and and then all of a sudden he would be sorry you know,
0: i mean the guy was
1: just constantly but the first time I was with Ali, I was with a friend of mine, John Gallon, is a big collector early, in the early days, especially putting stuff on home shopping. And um, I got to spend a full day with not a big agenda helping and really getting into every fight, what you did the night before. It was really before the Parkinson's that really kicked in was more in the earlier 90s. And it was just an amazing day that I'll never forget. You know, we're talking about Joe Frazier, just talking about everything and He was a very generous guy, uh, Ali. Most generous human being i probably ever met because there were no boundaries. He was constantly traveling. I would run into Ali and all kinds of places would always stop, talk to me. You know, sometimes athletes, they just big time you, even if you are paying them. I felt he was extremely generous to the world and and he had a purpose for being here.
0: Well, it sounds like you yourself had um, a wonderful journey. And I want to make sure that I mention, and we're, we're gonna of course do some other really exciting stuff together. So right now, brought to you by Collectible Exchange and of course vintage breaks, we have a very exciting, as our audience knows, the 1969 Topps basketball separate headline by the Kareem Abdulge Bar rookie in a PSA 8. Look for other future breaks that we're gonna collaborate on in the future. And um I know Brandon, we just touched upon this uh recently offline, but this Saturday I just agreed upon a deal with Goose Gossage. He's going to be breaking some packs and talking baseball cards and who knows what else will come out of his mouth on Saturday morning. Oh, no question. Um, But he's going to join uh, me and and to talk Turkey uh, on Saturday. And we're looking forward to welcoming some people from the Collectible Exchange and Athlete Direct family um, so we can work on some breaks together and, um, you know, bring them to to our audience here at Vintage Breaks into your audience as well.
1: I just want to tell you a quick story about the, this unbelievable Please. Jabbar set that we're breaking, right? The Jabbar rookie card. Oh, that's amazing. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you now, yes. So what's crazy about this is I'm buying my kids card supplies. because We're big card collectors and we're doing deals with trading card companies and everything. And there's cards all over the house and my wife is complaining. So I go to a local card store. You know, to buy these hard plastics, you put it in and all that stuff. And and the guy's like, Brent, I know you love old school basketball. I got these couple sets in. One of them's like a 69, you know, top set, whatever. I love the big cards. I have no idea what they're worth. He says, I, I just need a Derek Jeter ball. If you give me, and you know, I had Derek Jeter signed exclusively. Bring me a Derek Jeter sign ball. I'll give you the set. So they were sitting in my draw up until like about six months ago. When I saw that the oh top that, that card oh sold for <laughs> a, a 10, sold for a million dollars, so I'm sitting there. Oh my God! You know, God. I got a Derek Jeter ball into the set. That's I'm great. like, you know, I'm like, you know, and I love those cards. I would never even think of selling them, but then I was like, oh man, maybe I got to. Sure. And then I met you, and they said, man, we got to break them up. So that made sense. No,
0: nah, and then you were smart. We got a few of them graded. You got the Jabar, you know, as an eight, and honestly, it's one of the nicest eights I've ever seen. And I'm actually <laughs> I'm going to do a blog on this, uh, you know, this week. Um, to tell the story uh, from today's show. It's pretty cool.